Today on Fulfilled as a Mom, we're answering all of your questions when it comes to Botox, filler, aesthetics, and injectables. Our guest today is my friend, Mary Ellen Bishop. She is a awesome injector. She is a PA, a mom. She is unapologetic about her skill and her passion in this area and the areas where she gladly outsources because she doesn't want to be bothered to do that other crap. You're going to love this conversation. If you've been curious about Botox, wondering what the big deal is with filler, and just wondering how another working mom does or doesn't do all the things. Here we go. I'm Tracy Bingaman. I'm a full-time working mom of five who got sick, burned out, quit my job, and now I teach women how to mom smarter, not harder. The pressures of modern motherhood are intense. You're a busy working mom juggling all the balls and living in fear of dropping the exact wrong one. Here you'll find the tools you've been searching for to confidently prioritize your life and optimize your ability to rock all the hats that you choose to wear. I'll show you how to break through your limiting beliefs so you'll have more time and more money than you know what to do with. Because even in the busiest seasons of life, you can grow to master your money, own your time, and be the mom with all the margin. This is Fulfilled as a Mom. Fulfilled as a Mom is supported by Curl Vitality. One of the most challenging parts about having curly hair is not knowing exactly how to style it right after the shower. Enter the ultimate style guide. It's 10 tried and true methods to style your hair with a key that tells you which method will be best for your hair and what characteristics you'll achieve by using it. It's packed full of Barbara's top styling tips. The ultimate styling guide pairs well with the ultimate refresh guide. The answer to that question, what the heck do I do with my hair in between wash days? The link for both the ultimate style and the ultimate refresh guides is waiting for you in the show notes. All right. Well, Mary Ellen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So before we launch into talking about all things aesthetics, I want you to tell us about you. Who are you and what do you do? Um, well, I am, my name is Mary Ellen Bishop. I'm a mom. I'm a working mom. I'm a PA. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta where we live in the suburbs here now. Um, yeah. And I, I'm an injector too. I used to be in the ER and dermatology and I made my way back through dermatology into practicing solely aesthetic medicine and injectables. And so that's what I do full time now. Um, and on the side, I am a, I try to be a good parent and wife and I enjoy reading and, um, exercising and our new puppy. So that's essentially the excitement in my life right now. Yes. So for listeners who don't know, I am also an aesthetics PA who does injecting. Um, but I wanted to have Mary Ellen on to talk about sort of 
debunking some of these myths and just demystifying all things aesthetic and injectables. So what are some common misconceptions that people have about injections or aesthetic procedures and what is the truth? I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I think that, um, well, the number one is that, that people assume that they're going to walk into one visit and come out looking like that crazy cat lady or, you know, Maleficent with cheeks or Kim Kardashian lips. And whether they want or don't want that look, they think that that's what's going to happen. Husbands and boyfriends often think that that is exactly what's going to happen if their wife or girlfriend just goes in for a little bit of Botox, if they're going to come out looking crazy. Um, and you know, as you know, from my work, that's really not the case. Uh, certainly you can go to someone who maybe that is their aesthetic and that's what they desire to treat in that manner. And, and maybe the patient wants that, but you know, I pride myself on very natural looking injections that maintain the integrity of people's unique appearances. So that's one myth. Um, I think another myth too is maybe that you have to see a physician. That's the only person you can see to get injected. And there are a lot of wonderful physician injectors out there. Um, I work with one and, and I have one who's a mentor of mine in New York. Um, but a lot of times the person who's the nurse or the PA injector is the one that that's all they do all day, every day. And the physician is injecting maybe one or two days a week, but they're in the OR or they're doing skin exams and saving skin cancer. And so they're often not even practicing aesthetic medicine as much. So don't limit who you're going to visit simply by their credentials. There are some really amazing RN injectors out there too, and NP injectors and PAs and DOs and MDs. Yeah, I think more so the experience and the reputation, the look that they provide, all of those things are more important than the letters after someone's name. Absolutely. So I think this is a common thing. People come in and they want to look better, but they don't want to look fake or done or completely like someone, not themselves. So what do you say to kind of assuage that and help people to feel like you can get things done and still maintain a natural look? Well, I think, you know, the most important thing is to build that trust. And so I have a full long consult with patients where I talk about the anatomy. I talk about how I treat, um, and why I treat the way I do, what's going on underneath the face as we are growing up, right? Um, and how I like to address the face in a kind of backward time-stepping manner and not just fill lines, not just fill tear troughs or lips, but place volume in areas that are more supportive to the structure of the face and can allow you to look more youthful while not changing you, but just showcasing what's beautiful about you. 
So bringing more light reflection around your eyes, bringing more light reflection to the chin and the mouth area, but not augmenting necessarily. And so I walk them through that process and I talk about, you know, how I treat with Botox and Dysport for um, neurotoxins, how I really like to maintain movement because I think facial expressions are really important to people. And I don't want you to feel heavy. I'm not a line chaser. I'm more of a feature highlighter. And so when I treat with Botox, I want you know, the brows to arch and lift beautifully on a, on a female face to show off the eyes. I want there to be more light bouncing off around their eyes, things like that. So, um, so I walk them through kind of how I treat in the whole process. And then typically people, you know, with social media in this day and age being such a strong advertisement or portfolio for people like us in the aesthetic industry, typically people who have booked out with me because they're booking, you know, six weeks, eight weeks before they meet me, they have had time to look at my work too. And seen, I will post before and afters and I will explain in the write up a lot of times in detail, exactly what we did, how many syringes, um, and where I placed it. Um, and then just the, the easiest way to calm someone's fears about looking fake is, to say, you know, we can do a couple syringes and I'll let you look in the mirror and we can stop. You know, this is, you're the boss. I'm just kind of a consultant for your aesthetic medicine, but you're the patient, you're in charge. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not going to sacrifice, sacrifice my aesthetic and do something I don't believe in, but I also, am not going to make you do, you know, everything I recommend. We can go at your pace, however fast or slow you want. Um, and each syringe itself is a fifth of a teaspoon. So it's one fifth of a teaspoon. It takes five syringes to fill a teaspoon of volume. So when I recommend four or five, you know, maybe that would look awful if I placed all four or five of those in your lips, but, but when I'm placing it in the structure and the framework of the face, it's very natural nine times out of 10, you know, partners, husbands, wives don't notice that anything was done. You just look refreshed. Yeah. So if someone's listening and they don't know what Botox or fillers are, how do they work? What's the difference? Can you explain kind of basically how these things work and how they work to improve the way you look and rebuild structure? Sure. So, um, Neurotoxins, there, there are a few of them on the market, Botox, Dysport, Juveau, Xeomen. Um, they basically get injected into a muscle. They bind with a receptor that essentially allows the muscle to contract and they block that receptor. It takes about anywhere from two to seven to 10 days to fully um, have effect as it binds with the receptors in the muscle. And, um, essentially it just relaxes a muscle. So if you have uh, a muscle group that's folding the skin into these dynamic lines on the face, like, you know, the 11s is the favorite place to treat, right? 
Um, so if you furrow your brows and I don't, I'm due for my Botox right now, so I can, I can probably almost show you, if you furrow <laughs> your brows together, you're pushing these three muscles in and down. Right. And so if I can relax that, then I will stop creasing those lines. I'll stop bulking that muscle and I'll allow this kind of smooth transition from nasal bridge past the brow up into the the forehead and allow the eyes to kind of open more. Now then you can come in and you can treat with Botox up here. If you have a lot of horizontal lines, soften those down a little bit, but you know, you want to make sure that you're with someone who's very skilled and, and understanding the dynamics and the, I, I say dynamic discord or the tug of war between groups of muscles. Because when you treat one and you relax it, it allows another to be stronger. So um, it's fun though. It's like puzzles. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like a as, mystery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as far as filler goes, filler is just straight up my, you know, I, I paint. Um, I like to paint with acrylic. And so for me, the filler is less of kind of a physics problem solving equation, like with the Botox. And it's more of, I just paint that filler on your face where it needs it. And your face is just, you know, essentially my canvas that I'm just bringing out more light reflection and showing off what's beautiful about you. And filler is hyaluronic acid gel. So we have hyaluronic acid in our bodies I'm sure everyone has seen hyaluronic acid in all sorts of moisturizers, right? It's a big popular ingredient. Um, filler has taken hyaluronic acid and they've these companies like Allergan and Galderma and MERS, they've synthesized it into a gel and put it into a syringe and I can inject it with a needle or a cannula into the tissues. Um, it allows volume restoration and, um, it also can, you know, help pull it's hydrophilic. So it can help pull a little water, make your skin look more moisturized and, um, essentially should be almost good for the tissues. Right. I mean, there are those cases where it doesn't work out. Um, some people's bodies don't like it, but that's very, very rare. Um, so I guess if you want to compare them, one is just going to focus on relaxing a muscle group and the other one is actually restoring lost volume. Does that about yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good explanation. So because you mentioned ingredients in skincare, I'm just curious if someone is listening, what is something everyone can be doing skincare wise? Maybe we should be doing every morning things we should be doing every night that are kind of low hanging fruit to improve the health of our skin and the longevity of that health. Yeah. Well, so the you know, the number one thing is wear sunscreen and it needs to be a physical block with predominantly zinc oxide, um, preferably 10% or higher zinc oxide. Uh, they'll often mix those micronized zinc SPFs with titanium dioxide just to smooth it out and make it less thick and zinky, right? They've micronized it these days though, and they often will tint it. So it blends into your skin beautifully. I'm wearing some right now. Um, and you can find them over the counter and you can find them at your dermatologist's office, your plastic surgeon's office, your, uh, local med spa or injection clinic. And, you know, 
some great brands are SkinCeuticals, Isden, Revisions, um, Color Science, um, Skin Medica, and they all make medical grade products. But you can also go over to Target and you can pick up CeraVe um, if the medical grade isn't really in your budget. So just make sure you're looking at the ingredients and they don't have avobenzone and oxymetazolin or whatever those awful ingredients that I can't even pronounce um, that are all chemicals. Because what you want is you want an SPF that doesn't chemically get absorbed into your body, but is more like a shade that you just layer on top of your skin that doesn't get absorbed. And that's what micronized zinc and titanium dioxide can do. Um, and you so should wear that one. every day, even when you're not going to the beach. Even when you're inside your house, because I guarantee your windows do not have UV protection. So um, even if it's raining, put your sunscreen on. So, um, so there's that. Don't forget your ears. If you have short hair like me, don't forget your neck. If you've got your hair pulled back or you have short hair like me and don't forget your chest too. Um, the other things I would recommend, like the big things I want all my patients to be on are a vitamin C or antioxidant in the morning. That's right after you wash your face, you put the vitamin C on this. I'd really prefer to be medical grade because They've been studied and they're tried and true. The pH will um, absorb into your skin and, and work best with your skin. It helps protect against free radicals. It helps protect against the sun. Um, you know, a great one is SkinCeuticals, CE Ferulic. I think that's the first one that came on the market, but they're, all the companies are making great ones now. Isden, Revisions. Um, I love Revisions, C Plus Correcting. So, so I would do, you know, wake up, wash your face, put on your vitamin C and then put on any moisturizer you may need, depending on how dry or oily you are, and then put your sunscreen on. Um, and that's really all I do. I'm a minimalist when it comes to skincare. Um, I have two little kids aged five and four and I work full time and I commute 30 to 45 minutes each way. And so I just this is really bad and I probably shouldn't admit this, but I do a little bit of eye makeup in the car. <laughs> and so in the morning I just like wash my face and throw on my vitamin C and my sunscreen and that's it. So then at night, um, take your makeup off. However you like to cleanse. If you want to do like a cream cleanser first to remove the makeup and then a foaming cleanser to wash the dirt off of your face. And then I would recommend, um, if you can tolerate it, a retinoid, a topical retinoid. And there's so many different strengths. There's over-the-counter, there's um, prescription, and there's all sorts in between. Um, if you have questions, you know, talk to your dermatologist, talk to your injector, talk to your plastic surgeon or your PA, and they can help you. Um, but really, I don't care how weak or strong it is. If you can just get it on there, it helps cell turnover. It helps stimulate collagen topically. Um, and if that is too strong for you, then we can talk about, you know, a glycolic, which can help cell turnover as well. But those are, those are the main things, the vitamin C or antioxidants, the, um, sunscreen, the physical sunscreen and a retinoid at night and everything else we can, you know, kind of fill in busy working mom. I used to wear it like a badge of honor. Then I realized that I was drowning into dues and running around like a lunatic, all because this key piece was missing. 
I wasn't clear on what my deeply held values were. And when everything's important, nothing is important. Now that I've done the work and figured out what I value most, it makes life so much easier. Those core values serve as the compass for the direction of my life, and they inform my heck yes and my hell no responses to each and every opportunity. I've taken the process to curate core values and boiled it down into three simple steps. I've laid out the exact process to gain clarity so you can start applying your deeply held values to day-to-day life. To start living a purpose-driven life full of what you love and void of all that other shit, download your core value curator today. The link's waiting for you in the show notes. So someone is listening to you and saying, that all sounds great, but I don't have an injector. What's your advice for someone who's kind of looking to get into this, interested in having a consult, not really sure, where's a good place for them to go to find someone in their area that can take care of them? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think word of mouth is always a really great, um, a really great way to find people. I would say, ask your friends who you think their skin looks great and you, you're not sure if they're injected at all ask them what they're doing for their skin and are they seeing an injector? Are they seeing just their dermatologist? Who do they go to? Do they like it? Are they happy? Um, And then, you know, another thing is Google reviews. I mean, we all use those, right? And I think a lot of my patients have written really nice long reviews that really speak to um, how much time I spend educating and planning and the artistic approach that I have. And so I think those thoughtful, verbose, kind of really caring reviews that share their experience, their personal experience, those are really helpful because if that sounds like it matches what you want out of an injector or a provider, then there you go. You can have a consult with that person. Um, Instagram is where I get a lot of patients because they see my before and afters and they see the, the work is natural and elegant and, and that I treat all types of faces, all skin colors, all ages, all sexes, you know? So, um, that has helped me a lot, even, you know, even with being hacked and having lost my account and then having to start a new account. Um, it's, it's still a great source and you can do things like hashtag, you know, what is your city? So hashtag, you know, Philadelphia Botox or, uh, Philadelphia injector and do those searches and, um, and then, you know, follow their work for a while, see if it's your style, read what they write, um, watch their videos, see if their personality is a good fit for yours, because you want to find someone that you're going to be in their chair every three to four months, um, for neurotoxins and, and maybe twice a year, once a year for filler, for hopefully the rest of your life. And they're going to be the person who recommends, okay, now it might be time for surgical interventions and find, you know, you want to find something, someone that you really trust and, and know that they care about your face because they think of it as their work of art and their love. And so, um, that's what I would recommend doing all those 
I think those are great suggestions. So I want to talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to a Botox and fillers, and that is the cost. So, of course, with any product or service that you get, it comes along with a cost. And I think a lot of patients see the value because they see it as an investment. What are your kind of thoughts on that of people saying, hey, this is a little expensive or definitely an investment. It is very expensive. Um, and, you know, I think also I'll get the question sometimes, or I used to, I don't really get this question anymore, but I used to get the question like, why are your prices higher than so-and-so meds buy down the street? And, you know, this goes hand in hand with finding the right, injector, doctor, NP, PA, RN. Um, number one, the FDA is, you know, just getting these products through trials with the FDA is a very expensive process. And I am thankful for the FDA in some respects because, you know, you can go to places, other countries where this stuff is not regulated. Um, and a cosm like a, cosmetic makeup artist is injecting them. Um, that happens all the time over in Europe and nothing is regulated. The provider who's injecting them may never have been trained. We don't know what the product is they're using. It's, it hasn't been tested. Um, you're with someone who doesn't know anything about anatomy and they start in, you know, injecting some high risk area like your nose with essentially cement. And the next thing you know, there's vision loss, there's the, you know, necrosis of tissue. It, it is not fun and games. It's, it's a medical procedure. Um, and you need to be with someone that you trust that in the event that something goes wrong, because there's no person that is going to ever have nothing go wrong. I have had some negative outcomes or, you know, things that I've had to hold hands with patients through. Um, but what you want is someone who is prepared to handle that and has the reversal agent in their refrigerator ready to go. And a lot of it, um, takes these expensive, expensive courses that we all go through and take multiple times a year with the best of the best anatomists and the world, you know, key opinion leaders from around the world and around the country and um, the pioneers in aesthetic medicine. And so you want someone who's spending the time, spending the money, working on themselves to, to continue to get better and better. Because I may think that I'm awesome, right? But this is a baby of an industry and we're still learning new things. And so I'm never going to be as awesome as I can be next week or next year. Um, if I continue to grow and try to be better. So, so you want someone who hasn't just kind of, you know, sat back and, and stopped educating because this is a new industry and we are growing. Um, and that takes a lot of money and that's an investment in themselves. And, you know, but that comes back to why you're paying that cost is you're with someone who has also put in the time and the money. And, you know, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm rambling about this, but those are some of the, the reasons why what we do is so expensive and why you don't want a bargain. You don't want 
to sell your face and your safety and your aesthetic short by going for the bargain prices. Um, so I saw a post once that said, it's not the product that you're paying for. It's the skill of the person injecting the product and the product you can get for cheaper if you buy more and it might be cheaper down the street. But how do you feel about the safety of the person, of the experience of the person whose hands are on that syringe? That's really what you're paying for. And it's an insurance policy, essentially. I I don't let people... Um, I, I'm not going to be happy if my patients are not happy. You know, if something goes wrong, God forbid, you know, a nodule formation, which I've had happen in a handful of patients and we had to dissolve it out or we had to take antibiotics or steroids. I'm, you know, I'm going to be there with you through it to the end and see you to the other side where you're happy. So, you know, I mean, that's, it's kind of your insurance policy is when you pay more for the people who are known to be some of the best, it's, it's worth it. So yeah, for sure. You only get one face in this life. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, so if someone's listening and they're like, so do I need Botox and filler? Like I've never thought about it. How do I know if I need it? Am I too old to get it? Am I too young to get it? So what do you say to people who have those questions? The answer is yes. Everyone <laughs> needs it. <laughs> um, do we need it? No. Um, can you benefit from it at any age? Essentially, yes. Um, you know, I think that people are starting earlier these days with preventative treatments. Um, we have fillers that are biostimulatory that aren't hyaluronic acid, you know, like Sculptra, Hyperdilute Radius. Those can be injected into the tissues to stimulate your own collagen. And you can get an even better response from those when you start younger. Um, Botox, Botox itself, I, I, I love what Botox can do and, you know, Dysport and any of the toxins, what they can do preventatively in this area here. Um, if you bulk this muscle up, increase those lines a long, long time, and you don't start until you're 60, it, it might take a while to soften those lines back down. Um, it might take a while to soften the bulk of that muscle back down. And so just doing a little bit of Botox, maybe not, you know, the 80 units that I have in my face <laughs> just a little bit starting in your twenties or whenever you're starting to furrow and get stronger here, um, can really prevent any of those lines from forming, um, prevent that muscle bulk, bulk from happening, can help with headaches, all sorts of things. Um, it's, you know, it's, let's not even talk about just the aesthetic side of it. People who grind their teeth and clench their masseters are coming in at 21 to get that, you know? And then as far as on the other end, I mean, I think, you know, I have, I have 80 year old patients, 81. I had a 94 year old patient at that point. Surgery may not be the safest option. 
And, and, you know, if you're feeling good, you want to look in the mirror and feel and feel like you look at least close to as long as you, as young as you feel. So, um, as long as we can discuss realistic, realistic expectations, I, I do not have an age limit on anyone that I would treat. Um, and you know, depending on budget and how much you're willing to do in the first visit, you know, you may not see a whole lot of change the way that I treat for a visit or two. And that's okay. If you're willing to, to kind of keep that faith and, and work on a plan with me, um, we can get you to where you're feeling brighter and more refreshed at any age. I tell my patients the most common side effect of neuromodulators is wishing that you had done them sooner. Yeah. Because once you see the results, <laughs> you're going to love it. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> so you told us a little bit earlier about working full time, commuting. You have a couple of very young kids and does your husband work? Yes, he does. He works full time as well. How do you guys deal with all the things that yeah. come along with that? Uh, poorly. same um i uh my patients laugh because i tell them i'm like listen i'm i am i am really good at working and what i do and i am subpar at homemaking and domestic life so (laughs) i am not domestic um i thankfully my amazing husband he works from home and we have a live-in au pair she's from brazil we've had this we're on our third au pair and i love them i mean can i'm excited i've wanted to have someone on to talk about that so tell us more there's nothing better um you know you i know people are worried about having someone they're living live in their house and i'm i'm like i'll take everyone in my house if they can help make my life easier and i can delegate but um she's she's up we have the kids across the hall from us and they share a room because they're like essentially Irish twins and they sleep in the same bed together most of the time. Um, and then she's upstairs on her own floor. We're all on the main floor. And um, so I don't, you don't even see them. They don't want to hang out with you all day after they've been working with your children. You're not cool. They're not, <laughs> yeah, they're like 20 something. They're not interested in like spending time with you. So they disappear, call their friends, go out to dinner, go do things on the weekends. She's never here unless she's working. I mean, I love her. I wish she would be here a little bit more, but you know, I'm a almost 41 year old woman and she's 26. So she's not super interested in hanging out. Um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, because I'll work until six 30 and you know, I get home and thankfully my husband likes to cook, but half the time we have to eat out, um, or she's making them food and then we eat later. Um, she does their laundry. She packs their, their school stuff. She gets their papers together. I forward her all the emails. She takes care of the homework. So, and then, you know, I drop a lot of balls. (laughs) So sometimes I'll forget to send in forms or book fairs money. That makes you a human. (laughs) So we just, you know, we just struggle and, try and manage it all and fail a lot. It's okay. Um, my house is a mess all the time. 
and um yeah yeah i think we need to be saying that more we need to be saying i'm really good at what i do for work and i struggle in these areas and these are things that don't come naturally to me and you don't just because you have kids doesn't mean you know how to share the load or to figure out what that looks like at your house and it changes as your kids grow and change. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying, Hey, I'm not the best at this. Like I am the best at Botox, but I'm not the best at this. No, I mean, listen, I love my kids so much and they know that I love them more than anything. And I tell them every night and every day how much I adore them and how proud of them I am. But, um, but I'm also, you know, I, I was an only child. My mom gave up everything for me. And I'm, I guess it made me a little bit selfish and independent. And I, you know, I, I know that I have to put my oxygen mask on first before theirs in order to be a more present parent. And I know that I have to work full time and I love working and I love my patients and what I do. And it allows me to then miss my children and come home and really focus on just enjoying them when I'm home with them. And I delegate. I mean, we have people clean the house. I don't cook. I either order meals or get it from fresh market and just my husband makes it. And, you know, we delegate and Amanda does the laundry. And, you know, I, so that way I can do what I'm good at, but also spend that chunk of time that I have home with them, like being present and really loving them. So I think kids are very observant. So they will see you loving what you do, being passionate about what this thing, this work that's taking you out of the home and to go do something else. And the older they get, the more they understand, I think really what we do as opposed to just like work, you know, they understand more. But either way, if you think about what's more powerful, telling them they should find a passion and do something they love or doing something that you love and having passion for your work and loving what you do, I think it's more powerful for them to see you doing it than talking about how it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I went back to work, uh, at six weeks postpartum with my daughter. And I was like, it was amazing. I mean, it just made me, I was in a dark place postpartum with the first kid. It was, I had some PPD for sure. And just to be able to get back into a routine and, you know, provide some kind of service to society was that I just can't, I don't, I don't know what I, I don't know how I would ever retire. Honestly, I'll probably (laughs) change my mind in like 15 years, but sure. But, um, but yeah, I mean, my daughter already, she's five. Um, she tells everyone she's going to be a PA when she grows up. Like, so how sweet. Um, she thinks that it's awesome (laughs) because you're showing her that it's awesome. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about in times that we've were in some groups together and times that we've talked is that you are 
unapologetic about your strengths. So you're like, this is what I'm good at. This is where I shine. And this is not my thing. That's okay. Yeah, no, real bad at domestic life. (laughs) I I feel like um, somebody in high school or something once said, you know, focus focus on what you're good at. Like get better at that. Don't try to be good at everything. And I was like, that really stuck with me. And I was like, okay, I might've been a swim coach and I was never really that great at all the strokes. But But I was like, okay, that's a good point. Um, I don't need to be good at everything, do I? I can just be really, really good at this thing that I'm really passionate about. And it's okay to not be great at other things in life. And it also sets you up for success when you say, hey, this is something I'm baseline naturally talented at, enjoy doing. I'm going to pour my limited time and my limited energy into getting really good at this. And I'm not going to try to become Betty Crocker or Julia. Like this is not, nope, that's not for me. No, no. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I, I. I do best when I focus on work and then I come home and love on my kids. That makes me the best mom. But, you know, everybody's different. A lot of people can handle probably a lot more than I can with domestic and work. But um, I don't know about you, but I want to be happy. I don't want to be spending time doing things that I don't love and I'm not passionate about. And so I allocate the funds for, you know, house cleaning and going out to dinner. And then I just work a little more to be able to do that. And then my kids have a happy mom. So, and I think that's really valuable that you have the insight and you've said, Hey, this is what matters to me. This is, I want to be present at home. I want to be the happiest, most fulfilled version of me. And if that includes writing checks and going out to eat, then that's great. You know that you've identified that and you're living that out. And we need more of that in the world and more people saying, I'm not doing it all. I'm not even trying to do it all. It's impossible. So stop shooting for that. And it's not a badge of honor to do everything yourself and be run ragged and, and complain about how miserable you are. I mean, I think, you know, finding your way that works for you in life and for your family and, and getting as much joy out of it as you can. Cause it's always going to be stressful for us at some point. Um, I don't know. I think that's the badge of honor. And I just know that I'm so lucky to be doing something that I love so much. And I, my daughter and son are so lucky to see their mom working hard, but really loving it. Um, and, you know, they can live without some baked casseroles and some really yummy mom's cooking for that, you know? For sure. <sighs> awesome. So last but certainly not least, if people want to connect with you, follow you, see your awesome before and afters and be able to see your great work, where can they go to do that? Um, Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram. Uh, I'm at faces by me, like Mary Ellen, M-E, F-A-C-E-S by M-E. 
And so. it's amazing. Your before and afters and your full facial correction are inspiring to me as a rising aesthetic provider. Well, so. thank you. When are you going to come to Atlanta and visit me? Yes, I'll have to do that. We'll we have, have to, to do a follow-up yeah. podcast in person. I'll come train with you and we'll chat some more. That would be so fun. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm doing a victory dance right now because you did it. You took the time to tune in, to reach for a better life, and to take care of you. Did our time together go by way too fast for anyone else? Head to fulfilledasamom.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's show. You now have the tools and knowledge to change your life. Go blaze your trail, take that step, make the shift, and do the work to create fulfillment in your life today.